Can you? Praise in all the glory. Father, I pray that you, and like this mic, that you would quiet our spirits right now. That we can just focus on you today as we prepare to celebrate and commemorate you leaving heaven, coming down to earth, that you might walk among us to show us the way that we should live. And you love, oh, the way that you love. And then you suffered and you died for us. You were born as a little baby in a manger. But God's design for your life was that you would give yourself as a ransom for many. Father, we just come before you, and as we're going to learn here today, that so many things that we see out in this world that we think are secular and worldly actually had origins bring you glory. Because that's what it's all about. Scriptures tell us that, that everything in all creation worships the Lord, everything points to Jesus. So, Father, we thank you and we give you all the glory and the honor. We ask, Father, that in this holiday season, this Christmas season, that on the, in the back of our minds and the bottom of our hearts, that we would understand and know that this season that we're in is all about Jesus, giving him glory. So, for each every woman, man, and child in this building, I ask, Father, that in them, through them, and to them, that you, you would be glorified. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. And as I said, so many times we get so caught up and we, we have allowed the world to infiltrate into what we see and what we believe. And a lot of the things that we see at Christmas time actually have origins in Scripture. And they, they all point to Jesus. And I'd like to take this time and just to point out a few. And I, I don't know, I guess all the kids went back. I was hoping they could, could hear and see me. Oh, they're back there. Well, won't you kids come up here and sit in the front row, if you would, or around so you can see better? If you would, please. it's very important that we, we train up these little ones, right? They might know the truth about the real meaning of Christmas. So if you guys want to just, yeah, you can either sit around here in the floor in front of me or however you want to do it. Some of them are going up there. You, you can come down here, honey. We just need you down here in the floor. Just down here in the floor. Just sit around here. There we go. Hey, Callie. Yeah, just sit around here. Look at me. Look at me. Okay? All this stuff about Christmas we want to teach you today, 
And it all points to Jesus. Even everything that you think that might, might not be, it does. And moms and dads, this is for you as well. Okay? You know, how many of you guys in your house have one of these? What's it called? Christmas tree, that's right. And you know, a Christmas tree is always made out of a stately fir, pine tree, right? Everything. You know what it's called? It's called an evergreen because it never looks dead, right? What that represents is everlasting life that comes to those who believe in Jesus, right? We have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And all these needles on a pine tree and a fir tree, they always point towards the heavens, right? Well, that's the way our thoughts ought to point too. Listen, moms and dads, I know a lot of you get really stressed out at this time. Sometimes we get so stressed out, we might say a few things maybe we shouldn't say to our loved ones. I resemble that remark. But you know, Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 8, that says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Right? And here at Christmas time, our minds should be pointed towards the heavens, just like the needles on those pine trees. We ought to think good thoughts, right? Maybe we ought to think before we even speak or act. <laughs> Sometimes I have a problem with that. How about this one? Star, yeah. How many of you got a star on top of your Christmas tree? Yeah, yeah. You know what that star represents? The star was what guided the wise men to baby Jesus laying in that manger, right? They said, where is he, the king of the Jews, that we might worship him? For we saw his star in the eastern sky. And that's what guided them to that, that little baby laying in that manger, one that God sent us. The greatest gift of all, his son Jesus. How about this? That's right, an angel. And it was also, as Nathaniel spoke last week out of Luke chapter 2, that it was the angels that brought the good news of the birth of the Christ child. Remember? It says, we bring tidings of great joy for all people. And then they sang, the heavenly host joined the angel and sang, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to the God in the highest. Peace and goodwill on earth, right? What about this? Candy cane, yes. Candy cane, and it's always shaped like that, isn't it? That represents the shepherd crook. Remember, Jesus said that he was the good shepherd and that he would leave the 99 and go find the one lost sheep. Well, they used the shepherd's crook to bring those strayed and lost sheep back into the, into the group, right? And it reminds us that we truly are our brother's keepers. If we see somebody going astray or doing something they shouldn't do, with love, we, we, we point them back towards Jesus and to bring them back in to the, 
to our to our fold. And you also see these little little holly. You know what a holly is? Yeah. Well, a holly leaf. A lot of times they put them on wreaths and in decorations. But the leaves are green, just like the evergreen tree, right? But they also have little bitty prickly thorns on the end of the leaves, like the thorns and the crown that Jesus wore. And those red berries, those represent the blood drops that Christ shed for us. And if you look, there's two colors on that candy cane, isn't there? White and red, yes. The white represents the purity of Christ. He who had no sin became sin for us all. And the red stripes represents the wounds that he bore for our sins. It says in Isaiah 53 that he was pierced or crushed for our transgressions and he was pierced. I can't even think of it now. He was crushed for our transgressions, pierced for our sin. The punishment that brought him peace was upon him, right? A wreath, that's right, a wreath. And what do you know about a wreath? What kind of a shape is that in? A circle, yes. And a circle doesn't have any beginning or any end, does it? That represents the un, unending and unfailing love of God the Father. He will always love you, no matter what. One of my favorite scripture verses in all of the Bible is Romans 8, 38, 39. And it says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither the angels nor the demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My angel flew. Get back up here. Trying to fly the coop on me. Do angels live in a coop? I don't think so. Bingo bells, yes. You know, the bells were always a sign of something great to come. They're called the Christmas bells, and I don't know about you guys, but there was, I just found it out myself. I was kind of trying to do some research on the bells, but it represents, when you hear the bells, good news, good news. And there was a, a, a poet we have a park here in Washington named after, and his name was uh, Longfellow. And he wrote this poem, and it, he wrote it on Christmas Eve in 1864. Well, how many of you guys know what was going on in 1864? The American Civil War, right? It was a time of great turmoil in our nation, and that was when Longfellow wrote this poem. And let me just read it to you. He says this, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice 
a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the harsh stones of the continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Let the bells of peace ring in your heart today. That candle, that's right candle points to Jesus because Jesus said I am the light of the world and whoever follows with me will never walk in darkness but will walk in the light of life right and he also said that you you are to be the light of the world amen that that uh, that let our light so shine that our good will people will see our good works and they will praise God the Father in heaven what this tell us? We're supposed to be good, right? We're supposed to let people see our good works. That means we got to follow Jesus and love people the way he loved us. Santa Claus. I love Santa Claus, don't you? He's a pretty good guy, isn't he? You know what his real name was? Nicholas. Saint Nicholas, right? And you know what? He he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he took it to heart. You know, he lived in a in a, in a little town which is in modern day Turkey. And uh, and he had very wealthy parents. They were rich, but they died and left him an orphan. But he had such strong faith in the Lord that he wanted to live the way that the Lord Jesus wanted him to. And he took to heart what it said about the rich young ruler, about how he should give all of his wealth to the poor and then come follow him. And you know what? That's what Nicholas did. He gave his wealth to help people who were poor and in poverty. And he came to follow Jesus. He became a bishop in the church, and then he became a saint. But he did some things that are very noteworthy and some of the reasons why we do the things we do at Christmas, okay? You know, in the town that he lived in, there was a poor man who had three daughters. And legend has it that that poor man couldn't see his daughters get married because he had no money. He had no dowry for the daughters. So St. Nicholas took it to heart that he should help this poor man. So what he did at nighttime, he would go and he took bags of gold and he threw them through the window into the man's house. And they landed 
in the sock, socks and the shoes that they had drying by the fire by the window place. So that's why we hear the, that little jingle in Twas the Night Before Christmas, that the, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there, right? Okay. And it's also legend that there was a young man who helped the church in the town that he was at. His, little, his name was Basilios. And Basilios was born, he was the only son of his parents who were very poor too. And one night, raiders came into that village and they took little Basilios and was going to use him and sell him as a slave. And as you can imagine, being ripped from your home and your, how, how your parents would feel. And Basilios' parents were heartbroken. And they cried out to, 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 to uh, St. Nicholas to help in any way he could. St. Nicholas's heart broke because he loved little Basilius too, just the way he loves you guys, by the way. So you know what he did? He got down on his hands and knees and his face, and he began to pray earnestly to the Lord that Basilios would be saved and be returned to his parents. And as St. Nicholas was praying, Somehow, Basilios was returned to his home and put in his bed snug in his sleep when his parents woke up the next morning. That's why they call St. Nicholas, as we know him, as Santa Claus, the patron saint of children because he loved the children very much. And then he became very popular over in, in the area where he was and his, his, his name and his, his fame grew. And it was especially, he was especially loved in, in, the, in the Holland, in the Netherlands. So when they came to America, they began to talk about St. Nicholas in their own language. And they shortened St. Nicholas to, to what their nickname for him was, and it was called Sinterklaas. 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 So when they came to America, us Americans, we don't talk like that. They said, what did he say? So Sinterklaas. Center Claus became known as Santa Claus. So we know him as Santa Claus today. And we know that, that he comes and he loves little boys and girls and he gives them gifts, right? But you know, the thing that you need to remember about Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, is that he was only doing what he was doing because he loved Jesus very much. He wanted to honor him, right? And he wants us to honor him too. I kind of like St. Nicholas. How about you? Yeah. Well, let me tell you something about St. Nicholas. We all know and we've heard that he runs around in a sleigh and stuff, and he delivers gifts, right? Well, the, the biggest and the first and the best gift of all is Jesus. That's right. Because all the little gifts that you get, I know when I was a little boy growing up and I would get gifts, some of them I got tore up probably within hours of getting them, they didn't last. But the gift, they don't last that long. But Jesus lasts forever. That's right. That's right, Bibby. Yes, he did. You guys are so smart. You know all about Jesus, don't you? That's awesome. Yeah, you do. That's where we find out. But you know, Santa Claus came, he, he came bearing gifts. But Jesus, like I said, was the greatest gift of all. And it says 
see also God in John 3.16 says that God so loved you guys, or he loved me and he loved all your mom and dads, your grandpa and grandmas, that he gave Jesus that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That little baby that lied in that manger that very first Christmas, he was God's gift to the world. He was God's gift to the world. And you know, in the, and we've been studying the book of John, moms and dads and, and everybody, that, that you know that the Word was with God in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And it says that the Word became flesh, right? He became flesh. Jesus came down from heaven as he was God. He came down from heaven, and he was born of the Virgin Mary, and he laid in that manger, and he lived a life with no sin. That means he didn't do anything wrong his whole life, and he just loved people. He helped people when he could, and for his efforts, he, he, he died on that cross. And so many times, we read in the scripture already in John, how many times he performed miraculous signs and wonders and healed people, and a lot of people followed him everywhere, right? But they didn't accept it. They wanted to see what he would do, but they didn't accept this gift that God gave them in, their son, in his son, Jesus Christ. You know, and I want to tell you a story about when I was a younger man, and how sometimes we've got to be really careful that we don't desire gifts more than we do the giver. You see, my mom was a very devout Christian, too. She loved the Lord with all her heart. She gave her life in his service. And every year at Christmas, when we, when we were young as parents and we had little ones like your age, my son Nathaniel that you know, and Callum's daddy, he was about your age. And every Christmas, my mom, because they had a business and they were pretty successful, they gave all the people that came $100 bill. And back in the 80s, that was a lot of money. And for my family, it was about a week's worth of wages. So it was a... But what happened? Every, every Christmas, we would do the same thing. We would meet together. We would share in a meal. And then my mother would read the Christmas story to us out of the Bible. And myself, I, because I cannot, can't answer and take responsibility for anybody else's actions than mine, I began to be disrespectful when she began to read because I'd heard it all before, many times over. And all, a lot of us there was, therefore, was just get that gift. But we didn't realize the gift that she was giving us when she was telling that Christmas story about Jesus. Because more than the money, she wanted to give us something that had eternal value. And that was Jesus. Well, as she began to read that, that year, I, I, and my brothers and my brother's wives, we began to laugh and carry on and we weren't paying any attention. And all of a sudden, my mother just stopped. And she began to cry and to grieve. Because I feel now in my heart 
what she felt was that we were only there to receive the gift of the money. We weren't there for any other reason. And we neglected the greatest gift of all. Jesus loves you. That's right. That's right. Amen. You know, sometimes we can want the gifts more than the giver. And as many of your moms and dads know, and grandpas, if they were there with us, tomorrow is Christmas Day, amen? But tomorrow is also the day that my middle boy, Nicholas, was killed in a car wreck. My son, Nicholas, was killed in a car wreck. And it hurt me so bad. And for the very first time in my life, I felt how God must have felt when he sent his son to die on that cross for us. He gave me great peace that day. And, and somehow I, I come to realize, maybe for the very first time in my life, what it cost God to save me how he must have felt as he was hanging on that cross suffering Jesus was and he cried out my God, my God why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine fathers being there and hearing his, your son cry those words and I'm not going to rescue him because you knew that by his death that he would save those who would believe you know, one thing about gifts I want you to understand and know that somebody gave you something because they loved you. And it cost that person who gave you the gift something. It cost them time. It cost them probably money. And they sacrificed part of their lives that you might have a gift. Jesus didn't hold anything back, but he gave it all to us. So I pray that you guys would receive this gift that God has for you. Jesus came as we celebrate Christmas as a little baby lying in a manger, but he came with a purpose. He came that we might know God and be forgiven and have eternal life for those who believe. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that, For as many who believed in his name and received him, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Right? So if you guys really want to, 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 to bless God's heart today, you, you, you give him yours. Give him yours. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you were born. I thank you that you lived a sinless life so that I might know the way to, that I should live. And the way that you love people, Lord, I pray that you would... Let me love people that way too. So that one day, people would know that I truly am one of your disciples by the way that I love. Father, today, you gave us a gift that came in the form of a baby in a manger. But today, Lord, I pray that each and every man, woman, and child in this building, in their own seats, in their own, where they're sitting right now, that they would say, 
Lord Jesus, I receive this gift of love that you've given me. And as we prepare for communion, Lord Jesus, the body that was broken for me and the blood that was shed for me, I receive it and I thank you. I was not worthy, but you gave it anyway. So Father, as we approach this time of of communion, I pray that we would take it with renewed um, zeal, renewed fervor to serve you and to love you and to bring you glory and honor the way that you brought glory and honor to the Father. We thank you for what you're going to do, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys, you got